Wrestling is Hard. It's the show where we watch lots of wrestling and try to find the stuff we think is worth watching. First up is the man responsible for AEW and SmackDown, Brandon. How are you? Doing well, Jim. We found a couple of things this week. How are you doing? Yeah, we did. We, <laughs> we definitely read a couple of things that were pretty wild. And next up is the man assigned the test of Impact. Huh? Impact? Yeah, we'll talk a little bit. A little NXT, bit. NXT and Raw. Chris, how are you? Well, I managed to cut my uh, lawn today without causing $450 in damage to any of my vehicles, so it's a, uh, it's a good day today. That's a win. <laughs> I'm assuming you get the window fixed then. Yeah. You're not riding around with a trash bag hanging out your window? Uh, no, it wouldn't have happened. I still have, lucky enough, I still had the other car, but still, it was so annoying. And I'm Jim, and I will talk about as much Japanese stuff that the, the COVID quarantine will allow me to, which means none. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at hard number four wrestling. Subscribe. Give us five stars. First up, AEW. Brandon, what do you got for us for AEW this week? What's worth watching? What's worth talking about? We had one notable match this week. Ty Conti versus Karshida was pretty fun for the women's title. Uh, I thought this was a thoughtful match. I wanted to bring it up. I enjoyed for once that they both were aware of each other's finishers and actually attempted to avoid them. You don't see that very often. Kicked out of some secondary moves and included some unique stuff off the turnbuckles. Told a clear story. Uh, They wedged this in right around 845, it felt like. I don't know why, but this was probably the match of the night and the only thing I recommend watching. Uh, Hikaru Shida retains. Beforehand, there was a ridiculous promo of Hikaru Shida doing martial arts on the beach with a kendo stick with a headband on. Did you guys catch any of this? Chris, did you watch? No, I'm glad I didn't now that you just said that. No, it was amazing. Are you kidding me? It was so good. Really? <laughs> yes. Sounds kind of <laughs> tropey. Well, yeah, I mean, I it is wrestling. That. It's <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it was fun. This is a good match. Uh, I don't know why it was on it before nine o'clock that's usually the blood hour for w uh, for uh, AEW. yeah i guess they had to wait until nine o'clock so um the inner circle could give the finger as a group to the tv but yeah, yeah good stuff coming out of that coming out of that Britt baker comes out and says she's the number one contender now so we should be getting that match soon we might finally see Britt baker get the uh strap other than that it was just a bunch of shit like panta versus trent beretta billy gunn versus qt marshall uh, it's all faction shit. John Moxley and Eddie Kingston drive a brand new GMC Sierra into a trailer that they that they thought that uh, the elite were in, but somehow they who do need their way out of it. So a lot of filler filler promos and stuff. Not much else. We're building towards blood and guts. Uh, what, do we have a date for blood and guts? May fourth, I believe. Okay. Uh, what'd you think of the um, Darby Allen versus Jungle Boy? Darby Allen's been working every week. It feels like put, I do appreciate that they're at least like using that TNT title to fill up a lot of this time in between pay-per-views. But I'm not that interested in Jungle Boy, to be honest. So uh, a lot of coffin drops. Not my favorite finisher. Could give it like a C. You have any thoughts on that? That's fine. I mean, he's he's a, a car wreck of a his moveset's car wreck. But um, I mean, it was a fine match. It was fun. But I I mean, like, I don't care. <laughs> maybe it's because we see, maybe this TNT title is just because it is like the TV title, the old TV title where the, he has to defend it every week. But I mean, it's, I'm kind of sick of looking at him, right? Couldn't get a week off. Couldn't they have stuck it, stuck the women's title match with that at the main event? That probably would have been the logical wouldn't thing. Wouldn't to that do, be smarter? Yeah. 
but they got to fit their dudes in. Brandon or Chris, thoughts? Uh, I got nothing. All right. Factions, factions, factions. Factions, you in, factions, factions. Are you enjoying any of this faction war? I just wish that you could just have a singles match without eight people getting involved throughout the course of the match. It's the same segment again and again, uh, hour after hour during the show, and then week after week. So I would say no overall. But Team Taz doesn't doesn't interest me at all. I don't know which one I would say. It was my favorite. Maybe Team Taz still. <laughs> I still like Team Taz. That's my favorite faction. Chris, of the factions, which one's your favorite? <laughs> You're a pinnacle guy. No, nah, I'm not a Coors Light guy. Who? Yeah, mountains. <laughs> when the mountains turn blue, the pinnacle will come to the ring. I don't even know. What is Sting and Darby Allen? Are they a faction? I don't know. Are they? Not really. I'm right? just gonna whatever. I'm going with Sting and Darby Allen. I'm going with Krusty go. and uh, Bart Simpson. Faction. Krusty and Bart. <laughs> all right let's move on i guess uh so uh kenny omega fought rich swan on an impact show did anyone catch this i did not yeah i was gonna say uh he fought rich swan on an impact show that nobody paid for and nobody cared about yeah well i mean someone cared about it one man <laughs> well one much. guy cared about it <laughs> yes, i'll give you that Brandon, did you, catch any of this? did you catch any of this? No, Twitter had a lot of good things to say, though. At least a couple of people that I follow. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I wasn't going to watch this. Apparently, there was a, a botch couple, at the uh, end. Podcast That's what I favorites. Heard. I heard it was a little botch at the end. Do we know what Meltzer gave it? Do we see? I the have story? no idea. I'm curious. So anyway, How, well, you no, I mean, Meltzer let's, talk, let's talk about Meltzer. All right, how about that? You want to do that? Well, you want to finish? I got something else on Impact if you want to uh, keep talking about this. Oh, yeah. I mean, who cares? But go ahead. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, since we're here and and it kind of falls in with everything else, um, they put out a Slammiversary promo video. uh, And it kind of alludes to to a bunch of wrestlers that may or may not be present. Slammiversary is like their – I guess it's their WrestleMania. But it's always – Right after the non-compete clause with WWE for WWE ends after WrestleMania, so like they fired, they let a bunch of people go every year after WrestleMania, and then three and a half to four months later, Impact does Slammiversary, and it's all people from that left WWE show up at Slammiversary. I think two years ago it was the Good Brothers and um, Eric Young came back and all that stuff. Um, so they have this, they show this video. Uh, and it's got a bunch of wrestlers on the video. Uh, Muda, Naito, Okada was on it. Okada and Naito videos are from TNA. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's yeah. so old. They don't look anything like this no, anymore. No. Uh, Mickey James team, was think, on I it. Think, I think Naito's team was Team No Limit with Yujiro okay. Takahashi when he was there. Pretty sure. Okay, so you got um, Mickey James was on there. They showed some old video of Samoa Joe. Chelsea Green, and then they show a flag, and it starts out as a Mexican flag, and then it turns into an Australian flag. Okay. So, so a Mexican person or an Australian it, person? It's a Mexican person and maybe some Australian people. I have no idea, but that's all I got. Uh, so I would expect a boom of people showing up in Impact to do things that they'll never kind of finish up because they'll probably be there for one show and leave. 
Um, so, yeah. Do you think anyone from that list is showing up? In particular, Kazuchika Okada is going to stop everything he's doing and come <laughs> wrestling in bed. Yeah, no, I don't. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe Mickey James. Maybe Samoa Joe. Uh, you know, I, I for a while, uh, Access Network was running uh, old TNA all day and then showing Impact on Tuesday nights. And when you go through those cards that they would show, and there's a lot of pay-per-views, there was a lot of really good matches and a lot of really good wrestlers. And the 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 impact or the TNA impact that Samoa Joe was on is not the same impact that is on TV every week that now. Uh, now it's just horrendous and unwatchable. So I don't know. I just thought I'd throw it out there. Brandon, of that list, who do you think might show up? Well, I know one ex-WWE superstar showed up, not on that list, but he did stop everything he was doing. That's Kaz XL, a.k.a. Big Cass, a.k.a. W. Morrissey. That's right. He That's did. Right. He showed up. <laughs> yeah, he showed up and he kicked that butt. Guy. He's part of the giant dude gig, right? He's yeah, with he Eric and Joe Doring. You excited and about him. that? When's the last and, time you and... saw him in action? Oh, I don't know. The last I last I heard about him, uh, he like keeled over ringside at a house of hardcore show. <laughs> so last, at least he's doing better. The Chris. last time I remember seeing him was uh, at Madison Square Garden when they sucked the air out of the room. Oh, they're running. And, That's right. Yeah, yeah, and and sucked all the air out of the room. And before the crowd had an opportunity to even like kind of process what happened, they were, we were already halfway into a match between uh, between uh, Tanahashi and Zack Saber Jr. The yeah. invasion. Yeah, the invasion angle that never ended. I mean, it never started. It never ended. It never happened. <laughs> never happened. <laughs> that was good stuff. That was terrible. I remember that happening, and then I had to ask the girl that sat in front of me who had um. Who's the who's the uh, guy that had sex with the the bird man that had sex Skrull? with Yeah, Marty Skrull uh, underwear over top of her pants. I had to ask her, what's going on? What's going on? Everybody was on their phone trying to find out on Twitter. It's so weird. Yeah, they were there. Yeah. <laughs> what's happening? I don't know. I'm only, I'm only 20 feet from it. I need yeah, to look online to and figure online. it out. It was fun. <laughs> All right, you want to, let's let's talk about it. anything else about Impact. No, right? Yeah. Okay. So uh, anyway, um, Kenny Omega wins. He's got both the titles, right? Does Rich Swan come to AEW at some point? What do you think, Brandon? You think he comes after the belt collector? Probably yeah. not. No, they got they got four times too many guys already on that show. I don't, I'm assuming. Kenny Omega is going to keep leaning over into the Impact world, and eventually, I don't know. Someone's got to beat him. Maybe it'll be maybe it'll be a guy seven feet tall. You can't teach that, right? Big, big. <laughs> excellent, excellent analysis. That's true. Yeah, excellent. You like that? Big, Ca- big Cassius. What's his name now? Maxwell Alexander. W. Morrissey. No, W. Morrissey. W. M. Mulheron. W. Mulheron, the stakeout. Yes. Mulhern. Mulhern. Yeah. Okay, I got nothing on this. Chris, do you have any final <laughs> thoughts on on what happened in a in Impact? Well, first of all, let me correct you. He did not take a belt. 
He did not take a belt that nobody cared about from Impact. He took two belts that nobody cared about from Impact. It's the Impact World Championship and the TNA, the wrestling, the defunct wrestling organization championship belt. He took that one too. So he's rolling around with four belts, right? One of two of which nobody cares about. And the other one nobody in the United States really cares about. So yeah. No, I don't think he's going over there. I think they're doing all, they're probably pre-taping all the television. I don't think he's going over there. I don't think anybody's coming over to AEW. AEW's got AEW's got like Brandon said, AEW's got enough people on the roster. They really need to be dragging Rich Swan over. I, I But they have three TV shows, Chris. You don't watch Elevation every week? Oh god. No. They got one TV show. Two, they upload two YouTube videos. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, let's, 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 let's call it what it is. And don't forget being the elite. Okay, uh, let's move on to some Meltzer stuff, okay? He is Dave Meltzer, and these are the Meltzer Files. Should we do all the Meltzer stuff now, even though part of it is WWE? Yeah, yeah this is what I want to talk get about. This is way. the juice. Here's the juice, man. All right. Uh, so Dave, Dave Meltzer is talking about his review. Let's let's do this one first. Let's talk about uh, Dave Meltzer and his trips on the boat with his cousin. So uh, Dave Meltzer is talking about his review of Omega and Rich Swan, which, of course, he's coming over. I didn't see this match. I have a, a hard time believing that this TNA match is seven stars or whatever the fuck his scale was at now. But then he goes on this, like you guys listen to it. He goes on this thing where he starts talking about going on the boat. He just says on the boat, which I'm assuming is the Jericho cruise, right? Yeah, I would assume that's it. Yeah. Okay. So he's going on the boat and he goes, so I go on with my cousin. What's his cousin's name? Sherry. Sherry. Yeah. Like Sherry Martell. So he's talking about, I'm on the boat with Sherry, and, and, and you know, and, you know, you know, and uh, and she likes M- 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 MMA and, and tennis. She loves tennis. And she goes, she says, he's Roger Federer. And he's talking about, <laughs> he's talking about Kevin, uh, Kenny Omega. Or she's talking about Kenny Omega. Kenny, Kenny Omega is the Roger Federer of professional wrestling, or at least of the boat cruise. Brandon, thoughts on this? Well, Dave Meltzer confronted her and said, but these all, these guys are all great. <laughs> and she said, yes, but he's Roger Federer. And he said, wow. And then he's watching the Impact show, and, and he's realizing this guy is Roger Federer. Anyway, did, this reminded me of, did either of you guys happen to catch that HBO QAnon documentary, Into I the have, Storm? I have not watched it. I have not. Okay. So uh, the point of the documentary is you basically find out that Q from QAnon is just some incel guy that lives in his – is his uh, dad's apartment in Singapore, and he's not Steve Bannon or anyone interesting. This is how I felt about the Dave Meltzer thing. It's like they everybody respects this guy's opinion. They think he's a legend, and he slipped up and just revealed to us that in reality he's just a 61-year-old man that wants to go on the Jericho cruise, but he has absolutely nobody to go with. So he he has his, his cousin Sherry who doesn't even like wrestling. If yeah. she'll please bunk with him 
in a in a room on the Jericho crew so he can watch Kenny Omega not in completely alone. So this is the a look into the personal life of the man that is the most respected opinion in in match ratings. How do you think the conversation went where he's got to go up to his he's like, welcome to wrestling is hard theater. Hey, Sherry. What's going on, Dave? How you been? My wife, my wife left me. Can you... Um, <laughs> um, I've got this you extra... Like to go on a cruise. <laughs> I've got this extra ticket for the cru- for the boat. Can uh, Would you like to go with me? Uh, yeah. Are we like a Norwegian cruise? No, we're going to go with like a bunch of wrestling fans. And um, we're going we're gonna to meet some of the guys, the guys backstage, the boys backstage. You know, maybe being, being the elite. We might be in an episode of that. Is that okay? I don't know what you're, these words you're saying, David. I have no idea what these words mean. I uh, like MMA and tennis. <laughs> so unless I have, unless I'm going on a Norwegian cruise where they're going to give me, uh, you know, all you can eat lobster tail, I, I don't think I'm really interested. Come on, come on, Sherry. Just go with me. Do it for me. I'm so lonely, Sherry. Sherry, just go with me. I'm so lonely. All right, Dave. You think that's I think, I think she went, is this another wrestling thing? And he went, well. It's a rock and wrestling thing. You like rock music, right? You got to check out this band, Fozzy. Let me know what you think of Judas. If you like that, that's going to be most of the time there. The Impractical Jokers will be there. We'll stop at St. Croix. And then eventually at the end, he had to reveal that the only reason he wants to go is because he can watch Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. I think it went something like that. Did they go to St. Croix? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I thought they were just, there was a, I have no idea. I just imagine like, the boat tilting back and forth because of all these 500-pound wrestling fans cheering for Kenny Omega wrestling on top of the boat, you know, like on the deck where, where the tennis would be played. <laughs> and therefore, she thought that Roger Federer might be there because tennis. I don't know. <laughs> Chris, it made me think? laugh, but it also made me feel sad. No, no, so, no, very, no. I don't feel sad. I don't feel bad for Dave Meltzer. Fuck him. Go ahead. <laughs> so uh, when you described – the uh, cruise, you forgot a one key thing that Brandon brought up. Not only are you stuck in a boat with a bunch of wrestling fans, but you're also stuck in a boat with a bunch of bad metal fans. Oh, yes. What a combo. Yes, because it's rock and wrestling, Jim. It's not just wrestling. So many black T-shirts. So there's going to be a lot of black T-shirts, a lot of saddlebags. And um, (laughs) (laughs) how I want to know. Yeah, like I want to know the sales pitch. Yeah, that's what, what is I'm the sales pitch? I'm fascinated. And I would, yes, this is this is amazing that I took my cousin to the prom. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly right. Like, like he took his cousin to the prom. He couldn't get any. How can you not get anybody? Like, and you're Dave Meltzer. You're the, you know, like there. I'm not going to say everyone in the wrestling world, but I will say there are a lot of people that actually respect your opinion. And would do anything to hang out with you. And you couldn't have just taken one of those dudes. <laughs> you, took, you had to take your cousin who's not even a wrestling fan. And stick her on, stick her on a tin like <laughs> shed floating around in the Caribbean. <laughs> with a bunch of wrestling fans and a bunch of bad metal fans. I I really, yeah, I, I don't know how that... I, I'm, more, I'm more concerned or I'm more curious about the sales pitch than the actual... Oh, of course. Yeah, that's 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 what I'm, that's what I'm curious about. 
I mean, just like, it's gotten to the point where the things that he says, the shit that comes out of his mouth is so stunted and uh, horribly articulated and just like bad (laughs) that it's hard for my brain to even process an opinion about what's coming out of his mouth. Chris, people pay for that. Listen to that podcast. I dude, remember I was going to do it and then I realized, oh, wait, I got to get it in the mail. No, no, the podcast, too, they pay for. Oh, Patreon. they pay for that podcast. Yeah, they pay for it. <laughs> and he doesn't say, look, I, I'm an idiot, and I can articulate better than him, and I'm barely human. And, like, <laughs> and, and, and he's been doing this for 61 years, you know, speaking this way, from the womb. Mm-hmm. He's never gotten better. <laughs> Just that one statement has so place. much behind it. Which one? The one? <laughs> I was with my cousin, Sherry. Just that. How many people do you think he asked that said, fuck no, before Cousin Sherry's number went up? And he's like, well, let me give her a call. She does always want to catch up. Free cruise. Yeah. You want to go on a cruise? You know, he, talked. Yeah. he was going to bring his wife, and she dumped him, I guess. All right. He went through four ex-girlfriends. Yeah, he was like, hey, uh, Mary, remember, rem- Mary, remember me from middle school? It was the thought of all those bad metal and bad wrestling fans shirtless on a cruise that sold it. <laughs> she was like, Roger Federer, uh, the Ro- Roger Federer of wrestling and armpit sweat. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that, that uh, comment wasn't just out of thin air. I think it probably was led up by about three straight days of an ear beating from Dave, Cousin Dave about how cool Kenny Omega is. Oh, that, 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 when he like, finally cool. came out, when that was the best. When you see him, he's so cool. He's so cool. I love him. He's so cool. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about a grown-ass man. We're talking about a grown-ass man that's four years away from retirement. He's a grown-ass, grown-ass man. He is. Yeah, he is. Double grown-ass. He's double groaned. All right. Uh, let's move on to some more Meltzer stuff. Meltzer stuff. Oh, yeah. It gets better, huh? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Meltzer decided to... Um, how should we put this? Degrade Charlotte Flair? Is that a good word for it? A degrading pontification. Yes, on his podcast, through his stuttering bullshit, he decided to judge Charlotte on her looks and say, basically, what what, what exactly did she say? Somebody somebody refresh me on this. I've got a piece of showing that, up. I believe that he said that she... she I believe that... She said, he said that she was unhappy with her looks, and that's why she was suspended. Like, the suspension was a way to get her off air because she's unhappy with her looks and she wanted to get plastic surgery or whatever they call it now. Augmentation. Whatever. Brandon, thoughts on this? I mean, you're starting to see the picture of the full character here, right? This is is the guy that's... 61 years old he's been turned down by 15 people now he's on the boat with cousin Cher and he's and he's sitting there and he's covered in cheeto dust his keyboard's all dirty and he's and he's typing out how charlotte flair is just too ugly to appear on on uh tv she wanted an augmentation is that what he is that what he said something like that no i, I don't remember exactly what he said i should have done a little not, bit more research my, but it's kind of difficult no, to listen to him okay. it's kind of difficult to listen to him speak so it's kind of rough go ahead chris well a couple things. Number one, we can kind of fill in the blanks of what he said because he just makes shit up on a regular fucking basis. So why can't anybody else just make shit up that comes out of his mouth? Fuck right. it. Um, this, yeah, like I said, I listened to it and what he was saying, it sounded like what he was saying, what I can drag out of that fucking miasma of shit that he was saying was 
She wanted to get cosmetic surgery. You have it. And that's why she was uh, storyline suspended so she can get time off of television. Her teeth. She had to get her dental surgery. Her her teeth done. Go ahead, Brandon. She's just getting a complete makeover. That's just what happened, Meltzer said before continuing. It's just one of those things. They make you real self-conscious about your looks when you're a woman in wrestling. It's just one of the negatives of it, but it's a reality of it. And he also said that she's, and the quote is, subconscious about your looks. Subconscious. Yeah, well, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, su- I'm subconscious about my looks. As soon as I go to sleep, my subconscious tells me I'm ugly. <sighs> but anyway, all, all of wrestling, all you know, people just started laying into this guy like talent, just fucking burying his ass. And of course, including his, her. His response is, listen to the entire podcast, which we listen to, right? We listen to the entire clip. And he just says exactly, like, there's no, nothing's out of context. The guy's a fucking piece of shit. Who is he to judge? I think Charlotte would even said that. Like, That's who what you? She, she said, yeah. you have my number. It'll take you 30 seconds to ask as opposed to giving straight crap to your listeners. Grow up. For you, of all people, to comment on a women's looks, do you have any shame, decency, or professionalism left at all? Find a mirror. Look hard, Dave. And he said... Listen to the entire podcast. Listen to that you have to pay for. Yeah, no, thank you. That's what everybody does. Listen to it. That's what he always. You got to listen to the whole thing. I'm out of I'm out of context here. Final thought. Yeah, well, I found there was also a term that they use to describe what people like us who want to who shit on his bullshit. Like his followers have a term that they use, and I blew it. I should have. I should have. I should have grabbed it when I saw it. It's like a, the something rule. And I can't remember what it is. I really fucking blew it. I, Jim, if you fire me, it's cool. You <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't even have brought well, it up. We, I didn't we, have the answer. Yeah, we, we talked about this when it came up with stardom. And it wasn't as big of a deal then because it wasn't Charlotte Flair. But right. you know, now he got absolutely dunked on in front of everybody. Has no response. Yeah, he doesn't respond. His, his response is, go listen to my podcast. He doesn't apologize. He never apologizes. <laughs> he never apologizes when he's wrong. He never apologizes when he lies. And he just, he's just, he has, and people just keep going to him for his star ratings. I don't get it. He doesn't matter anymore. Get rid of him. He's old and out of touch. But, yeah, I mean, but that's not the reason why he, uh, that's not the reason why he, doesn't know who Bad Bunny is. He doesn't know who Bad Bunny is because, you know. Because his son doesn't like him. He's not popular. Him. His mm-hmm. son doesn't like him. Yeah. What a piece of shit. When's he going to die? I wish he was on the boat and he fell off. <laughs> he gives us something to talk about every week, though. He does. He you does. can't go seven days without saying something horrible. You know, we didn't talk about him really in, for a couple of weeks. and he, was, he wasn't on a great run, but he was on a I'm not really going to say anything stupid run, and then he just... He can't help it. At least once a month he gives us something good. Or bad, I should say. Yeah, this isn't the first time that he's been like, we talked about, you know, with stardom with Momo Watanabe, but he once said that Peyton Royce was, she was fat on the main roster or something. Like, what the fuck? Who the fuck are you, man? Keep your fucking mouth shut, you old bat. That's all I got. I want to, I want to invite Sherry Meltzer onto the, the podcast, though. Somehow we can get a hold of her. I would love to hear about her experience. I want a bigger brain. I just want to know. Like the oh, I, 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 found, I found it. What's the term? What's the term? So the term is the Mitchell rule. 
Okay, like the Bruce Mitchell rule? I do not know. Okay. But I just kept seeing this, so I ended up looking it up. And um, somebody somebody explained it. Somebody went on t- – uh, what is that? What is this thing that I never use that everybody uses? Uh, Twitter. Reddit. Oh, Reddit. No, yeah, Reddit. Reddit sucks, too. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, so it said if you don't – the Mitchell rule is if you don't read the story as it was written, you can't criticize it. A lot of people go at him, him being uh, Meltzer, after reading third-hand, account, third-hand accounts and versions of what Dave has said that have been filtered through Pritchard or Bischoff or some other talking head. That's not what a talking Pritch- head. Yeah, that's what Pritchard and Bischoff are. They're talking heads. They're just people that are fed shit that say they weren't in the business at all. Yeah. Um, but they were calling that when you sent me the the link with the when he said that about uh, Charlotte Flair, they were calling that rule. But the words are coming out of his fucking mouth. Yeah. It's not even an excerpt of a fucking article. It's like, this is what you said. It's not like you took like two random sentences, put them together, and said this is oh this is it. Rage, rage. No, he legit said it. Yeah, and multiple times. It's there's it you know where there's smoke there's fire. This dude has been saying this multiple times. Peyton Royce, he said it about uh, stardom, right? He's saying it about Charlotte Flair now. This person's too ugly to be a main eventer. They're too fat to be a main eventer. She's Meanwhile, sub, he's got his jeans pulled up to his tits. He's got she's subconscious <laughs> about her looks. Subconscious. Good night, Charlotte. Dream of your looks. You don't like your looks. <gasps> Some, the voice is talking to me. The looks monster. Shall we move on? Yeah, why don't we? Okay, it's time for NXT. Let's have Chris. his jeans pull up Let's to his belly. His belly button. His as it was. I saw that. I was like, that's it. This dude has no credibility now. His jeans. Not that he ever had it, but now I'm looking at him and his jeans. He's got a Bruiser Brody shirt on that you can't even see Bruiser Brody because his jeans are pulled up to his Up the Bruiser's, Bruiser's neck. <laughs> All right, let's let's get you want to get some NXT. Let's get some NXT. Let's talk about some positive. Good. All right, so NXT was actually once again best sh- uh, weekly show in professional wrestling, in my opinion. Um, a lot of fun stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, come back to trying to confuse me as much as humanly possible. The show starts off. We find out that Cameron Grimes lost the battle for a not. Fungible token, which I still don't know what the fuck that is, but he lost it in a bidding war with Ted DiBiase. Yeah. <laughs> it was so stupid. I laughed my ass off. Um, what else? You got, I guess, grizzled young vets are moving up to um, fight uh, MSK again. They get the win over Breezango. Um, what else do we got? I'll get to the big stuff. LA Knight wrestled Dexter Loomis this week. Now, there are goods in L.A. Knight, and then there's one thing that worries me about L.A. Knight. And I'll tell you right after I tell this, tell you what happened in the match. So he's, he's writing Dexter. He's fighting Dexter Loomis. And at some point during the match, a smitten Indy Hartwell pops up behind the glass. And the two of them are staring at one another. The two of them, uh, Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis, they're exchanging glances. They're staring into each other's eyes. Uh, L.A. Knight does one of, probably the greatest thing that's happened in pro wrestling in quite a while. He knocks Dexter Loomis is out of the way. He he goes up to Indy Hartwell and he screams at her, 
what do you care about him when you got this Kavorka standing in front of you? <laughs> so good. <laughs> so and I caught it. I was I was watching it as it aired. So I was doing some other stuff, and I was looking up, and I heard Kavorka. I was like, he didn't just say that. I actually had to rewind it. Um, Dexter Loomis ends up carrying the smitten Indy Hartwell to the back. So, and then we never find out what happened. So I guess we're going to continue that with the Indy Hartwell, uh, Dexter Loomis and the, the way trying to get in, trying to get into the way of their romance. Um, Io Shirai. Brandon. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, I'm very happy to see LA Knight is getting some hilarious shit in. That was what I was hoping for him when I saw he was joining NXT didn't Indy Hartwell also wipe out there in this? Is that what you sent me, yes, Jim? Yes, that's what. Yes, <laughs> yes. Also, so she, she was. They were uh, locking. Or Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell were locking eyes, and she, she fake tripped over something. And yeah, they got back up. <laughs> it, was yeah, so it was so good. Subtle little like. I'm okay. Look, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, she get what she got wiped out. I think when Dexter Loomis attacked La Knight when he was screaming about the Kavorka. No, she was she was just walking. They were walking from behind the glass to where the glass wasn't. No, I mean when she was didn't she get oh. carried away again? Oh yeah, she did. She got wiped out. Yeah. So after he called him the Kavorka, he got taken out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The only issue I have with L.A. Knight right now is is that like this dude's great. He's good in the ring. He's great on the mic. He's funny as all hell which means he's destined to be chasing our truth around for the 24 seven championship. If that's still around, if he makes it up to the main roster, it's my only concern with this dude. Um, well, you voiced a concern last week too, that you're worried he's going to fall into a gimmick of being promo guy that walks to the ring as well. Yeah. Not that he's going to fall into the gimmick, it's just that they're going to do it so much that it's just not going to be enjoyable after a while. It's just going to be like, Oh God, we're doing this again. You know what I mean? There's a, there's an art form to just kind of giving it up and then kind of pulling it back this way. You want to see it. Um, WWE doesn't beat people over the head with things though. So you're okay. No, no, I should, we should be all right. Um, go ahead. We got it. There's an interview, uh, with Beth Phoenix is interviewing EO Shirai, uh, about what she's going to do after losing the NXT title. Uh, when a dog comes running across the table, and it's a little, I guess that's a Pomeranian. Is that what yeah, that is? a Pomeranian, yeah. Pomeranian. And the dog is followed in by Frankie Monet. Uh, she pretty much interrupts the video, she's, or the interview. She steps all over it. She tries to buddy up with Io Shirai in a backhanded way. And Io Shirai tells her, I am a cat person, and storms off. I like cats. I like cats. Yes, that's Brandon. You catch this? No, I completely miss this, but I also am a cat person, so I appreciate that from you. So Frankie, Frankie Monet, I like how she's just inserting herself into the title picture two weeks in a row. Yes. Also, Io Shirai does her usual start yelling at her in Japanese, and Frankie Monet just goes, "I, I don't know what you're saying." Yes. <laughs> so this was great. She's been great in two weeks. She's already establishing herself as a, as a vet, and I'm excited about this. Should be good. Yes, I'm very excited about it. Um, moving on, uh, Kushida uh, does the open challenge for the Cruiserweight Championship. Um, he beats Oni Lorcan. It's pretty much exactly what you would expect between these two. It was pretty good. 
Kushida uh, was wearing his Sakuraba trunks last week that you pointed out to him. Now he's in full-blown Sakuraba mode. He's bl- he's no shoes now. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So, um, but Kushida, Oni Lorcan, really good, very entertaining, exactly what you'd expect. Um, Brandon? Didn't catch this. Didn't wa- Did not watch NXT this week. Oh, you didn't watch NXT. Okay, well, I'll leave you, no. I'll leave you be then. Yeah, you... <laughs> I love the Sakuraba shorts, though. Shout yeah, out to great. Sakuraba. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, we also have uh, Saray made her uh, NXT debut. Uh, she beat Zoe Stark. Okay, what's your um, thoughts on what's your thoughts on Saray? You know, so I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of times when I watch NXT, I watch it right before. I usually do it on a Tuesday, so everything's very fresh in my mind. I don't have any one thing that I can, because I watched it as it aired, so it was a week ago, or right after it aired. I don't have any one thing that I can uh, grab to say that I really liked about her, other than I really liked her. Right. Well, she's very solid. and She's only like 24 yes. years old. She's a very yeah. good wrestler for 24 or 25 or whatever. Um, yeah. So uh, she went against Zoe Stark, correct? Yeah, who I think they're like I've said it a million times. Uh, they're they're big on Zoe Stark. Yeah, so she gets a win over Zoe Stark. It was a hard fought right. win. Yes. And then we get some Tony Storm comes in. Go ahead. Sure. So, so Zoe Stark's leaving after the match. They do the you know baby face versus baby face. One's gonna hold the other one's hand up. Um, to, uh, Zoe Stark makes her way up the ramp, and Tony Storm shows up. And as she was making up the ramp, it was one of those like she's going a little bit too slow, mm-hmm. and they're showing her a little bit too much. Tony Storm's coming out. Because remember, Tony Storm lost to her in the NXT uh, TakeOver pre-show right. before Mania, uh, which was kind of just glossed over. And um, so Tony Storm shows up and uh, gives her a bit of a post-match beating, which was – I'm a big Tony Storm fan. So that was uh, good to see her back in the picture. Um, uh, who's Tony Storm uh, butted up with right now? Who's her, who's her buddy? I don't think anyone. Because it seems like they're building to – Zoe Stark and Saray versus Tony Storm and someone. So I'm trying to think. We'll go back. Mercedes Martinez, and then they hated each other. Yeah. Um, she was on the uh, she was on the um, the heel War Games team. Right. And now she's not involved with them anymore. So I don't know that she's running with anybody in particular right now. I guess we'll get. Well, hopefully we'll get uh, Tony Storm versus Saray. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, maybe build up to it to another takeover. Right. I'd like to see some build. Yeah. Well, that's the I thing with this is that she's, she's she's here now. She doesn't have a character yet. She's going to look a lot be- a lot different and a lot. Sorry, I'm talking about. She's going to look a lot different and act a lot different in a couple of months. That's how this usually works in NXT. Yeah. So uh, right now she's just like fresh face, baby face, underdog because she's five foot and they're going to work on that. They're going to always talk about how she's five foot. Mind you, Alexa Bliss is like four ten. Yeah, but you know she's I mean? magic. Yes. So uh, I don't know. It was it was pretty good. And like you said, it's she it, Sarah doesn't do anything spectacular, but she does everything really well. And her forearms are great. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. So uh, I think that's all we have. Um, Kyle O'Reilly beat Cameron Grimes. Yeah, that wasn't good. I didn't enjoy that. Yeah. It I actually mean, bored the shit out of me. I turned it off. I yeah. Like, well, no, not matter. good. And uh, Adam Cole's got a lot to say this week. Yeah. That was all they had for NXT. Well, I mean, you know, Tuesday Night Wrestling. And Solid. for Tuesday Night Wrestling, pretty damn good. Solid TV show. That's what yes. it was. 
Yes. Two two hours, maybe a little bit too long because they had a lot of promo time on this, which they could have cut out, especially the promo to build to Cameron Grimes. And that was just not good. It was comedy and not good. It was definitely main roster shit. Cameron yeah. Grimes and um, Kyle O'Reilly's promo. Not very good. But I'm excited for next week. It should be good. Yeah. And Adam Cole next yeah. week. So. Or actually tonight, right? Adam Cole. Tonight All will right. be, yes. Let's move on. So uh, I got nothing for Japan, uh, really, except for that Japan has entered a new state of emergency. They're, it's pretty much the entire main island is on quarantine. So, so many shows are canceled. Uh, <laughs> new Japan has these uh, outdoor shows. They've now been minimized to like 5,000 people. Um, well done, Japan. You're doing a great job over there. Uh, you're really fucking it up for everybody. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's all I got. Uh, I'll have some stuff to talk about with TJPW because they're – yeah, go ahead. Can I ask you – I mean, without getting into a big thing here, why is it that they keep opening up and shutting back down? They aren't – they're refusing to close restaurants and bars. So they're, they're – I, t- I told you before it was months ago they did the vampire rule where, like, after dark you weren't allowed out. But people are still jamming. This is a very populous – Tokyo in general is a very populous city. So – yeah. You know, it's it's hard to tell people what to do, especially young people that don't want to listen. It's up yeah. to you know, and you can only help the some of these people are just opening up and letting people in. And I would I would assume I mean, look, I'll ask you, you've been there, but you know, twenty five percent in some of these bars in Tokyo, if you do like they do here, which is twenty five percent, what do you got? One person in there? Yeah, they're tiny. Like, yeah, it's rarely a large bar. These bars are like like think of your living room. That's the size of a bar, but include kitchen equipment, a beer cooler, a bar. You know what I mean? Like these are tiny. These places, a lot of them. So it's you know you're, you might as well close. A lot of places are closed. And, and this is a this is a major a major I would assume culture shift what that they're well I mean you know they're. It always, it, it, you know, you always, it always it seemed that if you in in Japan, if you had said, okay, we don't want you going to bars because it's going to spread this disease or this virus, I should, should say, people would just not go. You're getting you a major culture shift. Well, I mean, with the youth in Japan, it's a major culture shift to the. I mean, I believe we were talking about this before, where it's not as rules are rules follow the rules that's not just i mean that's kind of a that's kind of a mis you know misconception okay okay yeah, they're just like here yeah, that's, they don't, they yeah, don't listen. That's right. nobody wants to listen yeah. you know if they're okay. told what to do they don't give a shit they don't want to listen but some it, people do guess, some people don't that's what i'm saying i guess this is yeah all right so that's just a misconception that we've yeah. always been well we know they're good at clapping and not yelling during they are good at corkoon hall shows yes, they, they are they got that down yes yeah I don't know if they're like reprimanding people that do cheer. <laughs> I don't know how it is. <laughs> but yeah, when it comes to nightlife and everything, you get anybody gets a couple drinks in them. They're, they're yeah, it doesn't matter. Knows. They don't get a shit. I, I hear you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been policing it. I've been playing, you know, COVID police for over a year, over a year now, or almost yeah, a year well, now. So yeah. yeah, I know what it's like. I, I saw yeah. American was was selling flights from Philly to Tokyo for $225 in October. I was like, I don't think that, that yeah. you're going to end up going. A it's lot a, of people you know, it's, wor- it's worth the gamble, though. We have, my wife and I were talking about it, too. It's like $250 for a flight with no layover. Oh, my God. It's so cheap. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, it's worth just get, get gambling that's... and hoping you can get there for 250 bucks. You'd figure out the hotel and everything in the last minute. It's still cheap. Yeah, that's, 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 that's like right about... 
you know, Spirit Airline, Atlantic City to Fort Lauderdale. Right. You're yeah. talking about yeah, right yeah, there, it's, right? Yeah. It's, but I'm not risking it because I don't want to. Okay. Let's move on. This week, we got a big one. This is big. We're doing our Wrestling Rewind review. <laughs> this oh, is Brandon, yes. this is your choice. Here it is. It's time. We watched WrestleMania 15, The Undertaker versus Big Boss Man in a Hell in a Cell. <laughs> oh. Brandon, you want to you want to you want to start? Yeah, yeah, I can take this one. What would you prefer that I do? I, I wrote down some notes here. Would you like some context? I can walk through the match and then I got a summary. Would you like me to break it up into pieces or um, you want me to run through it and then you guys go? Let's just let's just Let's just right. blow throw. Go ahead. Let's just bring up some points about this match. It's your baby. You you do what you think is yeah. best. No, I'm all right. I I'm, I'm gonna start with a little context. Feel free to stop me if not. I'll go through the match. Uh, just to set the tone for what we're walking into here. A couple weeks beforehand, the Undertaker had formed the Ministry of Darkness. He basically created a cult that was going to attack Vince McMahon. Let me ask you something. Hold on. Let me ask you something. Did they review this at all on the show? Because I kind of fast forwarded a lot of it. And no, they didn't. They just. No. Because I, I was I kind of like, oh, I had here. to figure it out. Gotcha. Okay, so you did research. Good job. So the Ministry of Darkness, their goal is to take control of the WWF at the time from Vince McMahon. The big boss man was the head of security for Mr. McMahon's company. That's <laughs> hold basically on, hold on. why this is happening. The corporate team's head of security. That's what his official yes. title is. Cor- he was the corporate enforcer. Good. He's the head of security for, for uh, Mr. McMahon's company, according yes. to Wikipedia. Yes. Uh, in the weeks building up to this, the Undertaker and his acolytes had hunted Big Boss Man through the night and uh, drug him out and crucified him on a large Undertaker logo. Logo. Uh, <laughs> the, it wasn't a cross. It was a big T, like the Taker sign. A T-U they or something, yeah, with an X in it. Yeah. Uh, the week before WrestleMania, they showed a video of the Ministry of Darkness at Mr. McMahon's mansion, ending with Mr. McMahon coming into the ring with Triple H, Triple H pleading for Kane to stop them. Kane comes out, and he rips his mask off to reveal himself as the Undertaker, who then grabs Vince McMahon by the throat. The lights go out, and we go into this WrestleMania event under the presumption that Vince McMahon's been kidnapped by the Undertaker. And the big belt ball spin has to, to beat the Undertaker to to release oh, it. So now, mind you, hold on. Okay, so I'm going to cut you off here. So I kind of – first of all, let's talk about Peacock's act because it is not very interactive. Oh, it is very man, slow. it's bad. It is very slow. So I'm skipping through and I'm stopping here and there just like trying to take it in and trying to figure out where the fuck on this card this match was. And I knew it was only a few minutes long, so I, like, stopped at one match that was, like, I guess it was the ladies' title match. But, um, yeah, Vince McMahon is, now that you told me all this, Vince McMahon at some point shows up and he's like, we're looking, it was Kevin Kelly, like, baby, baby Kevin Kelly is talking about how for the main event they need a referee. The referee, the main event being The Rock versus Stone Cold. They can't get a referee. It was supposed to be one guy, then it was supposed to be another guy. Vince McMahon just walks in and goes, I got this all settled. I'm going to be the referee. <laughs> so Vince McMahon is there, so he's no longer kidnapped? I guess not. They didn't include that in the Wikipedia. Right? That's what, <laughs> that's cool, but now, that I, now that I think about it, that's obvious Vince McMahon's not going to disappear for an entire WrestleMania right. Right? at that time. Not then, no. Thank you for poking a hole in the little 
plot detail I, I left out there. But uh, <laughs> It's okay. I was just trying to figure it out. Maybe you knew something I didn't. I don't know much, but we <laughs> we take a look back into probably the strangest match in the historical WrestleMania run of The Undertaker. Uh, from the first Union Center in Philadelphia, we get the first Hell in a Cell match in WrestleMania history. Uh, first thoughts immediately see Taker's Ministry of Darkness look attire is notably bad. Probably one of the worst he's he's ever had. I loved it. Yeah. I'm sorry. He looks like he's the got... night. He looks like he's part of the Night's Watch. Oh, one thing that's that is <laughs> I, I I managed to catch is that there's a lot of airbrush tights in this WrestleMania. Whole lot of airbrush tights. Also, I am not, and I'm admitted I'm not a wrestler, a um, Undertaker fan, but. I liked the Ministry of Darkness stuff. <laughs> as silly as it was and over the top, I loved it. I know at, he has said that he hated it because he's Mr. Jesus Christ, but I fucking loved this shit. I thought it was great. It was so silly. Good. Yeah, and you know, just to that point, part of the reason why I picked this is because I was seven years old when this happened. Uh, watching this live was absolutely horrifying. Yeah, you probably thought we were so spooked by this. This is, I mean, they crucified somebody on on cable TV beforehand. So, you know, based off of kind of what we've been going through with how stupid this fiend story is, it's a little bit of a different take on a on a uh, similar note here. But uh, it's a relatively short match, which the big boss man takes control with the nightstick early, lashing an Undertaker around the steel cage, which Michael Cole notes isn't a traditional steel cage. You can get your finger caught in there. Yeah, they, which and, I would think is. Yeah, the... what? <laughs> what did that even mean? No, no, no. Now think of think of it like this. Okay, first of all, um, the king is like, "What are you talking about? Your finger? What about you your body? What about your finger?" <laughs> he just keeps saying the finger. Remember that MMA fight that was in Philly where the guy lost his finger? What, yes. Three weeks ago. There you go. Yes. Months so ago. Yeah. There you go. That's what could happen. I did end up getting. Um, we're not going to get <laughs> into it now, but I got. I finally got the details of how that guy lost his finger. But go ahead. Oh, I want to hear about that. Well, we'll talk about uh, it another time. Go ahead, continue. Taker gets cut open with the big boss man's handcuffs, but quickly rallies. This match ends pretty much pretty abruptly with a tombstone pile driver, but that's not why we're discussing this. Edge, Christian, and Gangrel, the brood, <laughs> come down from the rafters and start tearing apart the top of the cage, feeding the Undertaker a noose, which he wraps around boss man's neck, and we cut to the late Paul Bearer who gladly begins working this cartoon-esque switch and raising the cage off the ground and the big boss man with it. Boss man flails desperately before dying in front of the sold-out crowd. <laughs> the lights go out, and we cut to a recap of the rage party. <laughs> the night before at the convention and I center got this written down in my notes! With constant footage from Isaac Hayes, Big Pun, Big Pun and the Cherry Poppin' Daddies. I have, I have him. I have him in my notes. Boss man has been murdered. Let's go to WrestleMania weekend party last night at the convention center. Guys, hanging to death in the middle of the ring. Let's go talk about this party we went to. <laughs> so stupid. Oh my god. Oh my god. All right. Should uh, I go first, or you want to go first, Chris? I don't really have much to say. I mean, it's so ridiculous. All right, I got first. I got <laughs> yeah, some things. Yeah, you go, and then I'll, I'll I'll add to you if you all say right, anything. All right. First up, corporate team head of security, big boss man's big boss Confederate flag tattoo was prominent <laughs> as he's walking down to the ring. That thing was flapping in the wind. He was 
he was proud, Southern and proud. Rest in peace. <laughs> R.I.P. Also, remember when laser pointers were a thing? Oh God! Uh, and there's, yeah. There's laser pointers all over the place in this match. Whenever the lights went out. Yeah. Yeah. Also, gigging in the WWF, they were bleeding in this match. Not much, but they still bled. It's crazy. Do you miss bleeding <laughs> at all, Brandon? No, I, I, it's one of those things that I thought that I did, and then when you see it now, you're like, Jesus Christ, why are they doing this? Yeah, but especially... as a seven-year-old, good Lord. Yeah. Chris, do you miss bleeding in the WWE? F. Um, yes and no. Okay. Uh, I'll need both uh, of those. Well, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go, you know, pausing for dramatic effect. <laughs> it, is an, it is an auditory medium. Yes. Um, I don't like it when it's unnecessary, right? What do you mean, like AW on a fucking eight o'clock? Yeah, eight o'clock. Like you know, like you know, if you so okay, so let's take a steel cage match. I'm gonna go a little deep here. So let's take it a steel cage match, right? In the olden times of wrestling, and I'm not saying that the olden times were better, but in the olden times of wrestling storytelling, the, the you would get into a steel cage match because. The heel would keep getting over on the baby face and escaping. And over the course of a year, it would finally culminate in a steel cage match. By this time, the, 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 the rivalry is so intense and the heel is so hated. And the baby face wants to beat his ass so bad that if you end up with some blood in a steel cage match, it makes sense because it raises the intensity. If you... Hit a guy's head in the turnbuckle, and he just bends over and starts slashing his head open. That's stupid. The Sheik. The Sheik, Abdul mm. the Butcher, all those old guys that would just gig the shit out of themselves for no reason. Death matches, any kind of death match is stupid. I can't stand any of it. So if it's going to add to the intensity, it's not an easy thing to do to make it not make it ridiculous. But if it's going to add to the intensity or... You see what happens when Beth Phoenix busted her head open during a Royal Rumble. And everybody, you're like, holy shit. <laughs> so, I mean, it, there is some, but that was unintentional. But you see, so there is some, there is some, I find some merit to it, but very rarely. It really, the storyline has to have built so much at this level of intensity is, is believable and necessary. Excellent point. Do you have anything to say on that, Jim? What, about bleeding? Yeah, missing bleeding in WWE or no. wrestling. No, I don't I don't miss it at all. But, I, I, you know, I'm I, sorry. Let me there's, just say. there's something to be said for uh, women in matches bleeding because it's fresh and new. And why haven't we had this earlier? <laughs> I think it's kind of exciting. But, I mean, it's just kind of a dated thing, bleeding. I don't – I think I, that there's a time and place for it, for a dramatic effect. But, like, like, like with – death matches and stuff it's kind of like part of the gig i guess i don't know it's uh, i don't know i don't i don't desire it let's put it that way well i'll tell you this too they when was the last time in professional wrestling that you actually uh they actually told the story with enough intensity that the only way to have this intensity kind of like it's like a volcano and when it finally explodes there's blood involved in it nothing's happened in so long thunder rosa and Britt baker no, I understand that. That was a good use like, of it. But like yeah. you're talking about, you're talking about, um, you're talking about, yeah. Well, that Thunder Rosa Britt Baker thing, they told that story over a period of time. Yeah. 
And it also went, it also went from, uh, you know, Britt Baker being this goof that was hosting a television, chaos television show. From the, 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 yeah, the waiting room. To, to Thunder Rosa gets her hands on her two matches later and ends up, there ends up being blood. So, you know, but you got to get that intensity there. If you're just going to yeah. be like, oh, yeah, okay, we're in a match. Here's a light bulb. Blood. It's yeah. dumb. Some, I don't know. Yeah, I don't get it. Brandon, go ahead. Chris made, Chris made me think of something, though, when he said it. It's like essentially all that it is is a storytelling tool. I think I may have confused my annoyance with how the tool is used with the tool itself. It's so poorly used now, and it's so pointless so much that I'm unfazed by it. Hmm. But uh, the things that I'm thinking back when I was younger, like Bret Hart – uh, putting Stone Cold Steve Austin in yes. that sharpshooter and the blood yeah. pouring down his face. That, that made that moment and that shot is iconic, mm-hmm. largely because of the blood pouring down his face. If you can use it, like Chris said, to in a situation that's boiling over, the volcano's exploding and it's now led to blood, yeah, do that. But yeah. save it for that and that only. Yes. There, There's a match, an old AWA match that uh... – I'll, I'll probably bring up when I have a match to bring up in a couple of weeks or sometime down the line, but the use of blood in that match, cause it's so intense is, 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 uh, you know, uh, necessary or understand, understandable. It makes sense. Right. That's the point. It has to make yeah. sense. It has to, yeah, everything has to make end, sense. It's going to be the end game. You can't be doing it at the beginning. It doesn't make any sense at the beginning. Cause why are you angry? Yeah, that thing with me. You're angry just because you're in different gangs? Come on, man. This ain't the seventies. Give me a fucking break. And that and that thing with uh and that thing with um McMahon and The Undertaker went on for months. Yeah. That wasn't like this wasn't the end of it. (laughs) It just kept going. I mean he wasn't even phased by it because he refereed the next match. We're not even anywhere in the store yet. You know? I don't think the the ministry had kidnapped his daughter yet. No. So I have a conclusion to this. Do you guys have anything else you wanted to? I have so much. <laughs> okay. Please, keep please, going, please. man. All right. So first up, Paul Bearer, RIP. He was great in this. He didn't shut up the whole match. He yes, has handcuffs. Handcuffs, referee. Handcuffs. Yeah, he was he's so good. about the handcuffs. At one point, he's just yelling at the referee. Mind you, this match is only like 10 or 11 minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? RIP, Paul Bearer. I miss him. Also, there's less booing in pro wrestling these days. And what I mean by that is, now this was in Philadelphia, of course, so people were just booing because they were bored. People in Philly boo everything. But there was a time where people were booing when they were bored on a regular basis. In the last few years, well, not this year, of course, because there hasn't been. Nobody's booed. booed. Yeah, there's there's no one in the stadium. But uh, booing, I've always a big fan of getting involved with the opera that is the performance art that is professional wrestling if a bad guy's doing something heel is you boo him good guy you cheer him you get involved people used only a few years ago were booing because they you know because it would be a women's match or they boo because they were bored and wrestlers started calling them out on social media for being pieces of shit for doing that and i i enjoy it i like that there's much less booing because they were booing during this match the fans um can I just say the one thing I noticed that I uh, when I watched it was is I didn't notice the booing as much as I noticed a lot of in the beginning of this match a lot of just complete disinterest. Yeah, they started booing near the end. Yeah, 
up up until the part where uh, Undertaker, I think he get, oh when he got nutted on the top rope, he like they really were starting to get into the booing and then he got nutted. Then then like it started to build up steam a little bit and people got interested. Maybe they were Can- gassed after the match before it was. I, th- I believe the match before was Shane McMahon versus X Pac. Is that his name? Pac? Tupac? Yep. Tupac. X Pac. X Pac. X Pac. Yeah, X Pac. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I didn't watch the match. Tupac. <laughs> Does he have to use as if he was named Tupac? Yeah, is he named Tupac? <laughs> yeah. He, so it, yeah, maybe that match was exciting. I have no idea. I didn't watch it. So. Uh, I'm sure in the 90s, when that, in the context of that it. WrestleMania, that match was probably. People probably thought that match was insane. Right, they were just because Shane McMahon shit, sure. jumping off his shit was just that was the shit back then to some to some and t- and Tupac. Yeah, and Tupac. Um, question for you guys, real quick: Did either of you think about going to this? I uh, no, I was no. completely absorbed in other aspects of life than pro wrestling. What year was this? Ninety nine. Oh, I was probably in college. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't. I don't even think I was watching at this point. Maybe uh, I was. Wrestle? No, I was watching. Maybe I was. I wasn't. Yeah, I was watching Raw and stuff, but I wasn't. Go- I met ninety nine. Ugh. Yeah, this, no, this, WCW was, was dead by then. So ninety nine. No, WCW didn't. I mean, no, like, yeah, I guess it was. No, but I mean, it, it wasn't. Was, relevant. It was on that. Yeah, it wasn't. It, yeah, it was on that day. It was that Vince Russo downward spiral by ninety nine. Right. Um. No, I, I I I was watching on Mondays, but I was not renting pay per views. I got my timeline all screwed up. No, I was back yeah. in college at this point. No, you and I were living together at the time because that no. was when we rented SummerSlam in '99. Where at? We're getting off off subject. It doesn't matter. I, I'm just completely confused. It all kind of blends together. We used to watch the big shows, but no, I didn't. I, I didn't really go to wrestling shows that often until probably recently. I only went to a couple of them. So doink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so so doink yeah. and Dink versus uh, Bam Bam Bigelow and Luna Vachon. Yes, that was yeah. the match. Tag team extravaganza at the Philadelphia Spectrum <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon. And okay, so happened to Frankfurt Terminal. Some, fi- some final thoughts. All right. This match fucking sucked, first of all. The match was fucking terrible. It's, it's terrible. Yep. This match was fucking terrible. Like, I couldn't wait for it to be over. I was entertained by the nostalgia of it, but it sucked. But the brood dropping from the ceiling was, first of all, R.I.P. Um, the dead guy, Owen Hart. Um, Owen Hart. Gangrel using like worked wrestling kicks to try to kick through the cage, and it's just making it more difficult for Edge to peel the cage open. Yeah, <laughs> this well, is so ridiculous. The vampires that floated down like they were obviously harnessed. They were all harnessed. It was so ridiculous. <laughs> rocking back and forth. Yeah, the rocket. Like, like if you're listening to this, I want you to take your shoulders and pull them up to your ears, and that's what everybody looked like. They look like yeah. They the look like you like you picking up you pick up a puppy and you're moving it across the room, and <laughs> they Edge and Christian were vampires. Don't forget they were vampires. Yes, point. they were. <laughs> They were part of the vampire. They guy. were blade vampires. Oh my god, this was and a lot of fun. This though. was like, this was like Gangrel was like the kid they met in high school that influenced their style for a little the cool bit. Guy. He came yeah. in and they went, they went full goth. Yeah, they were like, oh man, started he's so cool. With, started drinking blood with Gangrel for a little while before they got their act together. <laughs> Gangrel, the chubbiest vampire ever. Chris, go ahead. Um, 
So the one thing I did notice, uh, you can see when Undertaker grabs the noose, you can see the gimmick, the um, the gimmick, the hook yeah. that's going to go into the harness. It's just sitting in his hand. And you all of totally them, all of them are having a hard time with the harness. Like when they, and everybody's when, having a hard time with the when harness. Team Vampire shows up, they're like having a hard time getting out of the harness. Undertaker doesn't know what to do. Yeah, He's like, standing there like under. Also, I didn't realize at this time that Undertaker's song. He spoke. Yeah, it's like ex mortis. Uh, yeah. Dominicus. <laughs> Dominicus. Yeah, he spoke through his song. Um, what else did I have for this one? Um, so this has driven me nuts about Undertaker forever. And they really were leaning into it at the end of his career. But the the most feared striker in WWE history. I got to say, man, the work punches in this fucking match were pretty good. But when he does any kind of technical, he'll do every once in a while, we'll pull out a technical like wrestling move, like an actual takedown or an actual submission. And they look like he saw them on TV once and then tried it. Like they're so bad. But I mean, come on. It's wrestling. No, but there are well, no. That's not fair because they're wrestling guys that do it well. Like just don't do it. Well, yeah, just I got don't that. Don't do it. You're you're the, you're the you know whether you agree with it, like you know whether you like him or not. At one point, I mean, this is one of the biggest guys because I'm not a huge Undertaker guy either, but he's one of the biggest characters in American pro wrestling history. Yeah, he's uh, you he's know what I mean. With, and, dude, like, he's up there with like Superman <laughs> when it comes to pop culture. Yeah. You don't need to, like, add these facets to the character. Just you being you is good enough. And he doesn't take that at one point. It's just like, oh. Wait till we get to American Badass when we review that. Oh, man. All right. If you were to give this match stars. Brandon, you got any final thoughts? Yes. I I wanted to conclude with this because I I appreciate you guys watching this match. It is pretty shitty. And if you're asking yourself, Brandon, why did you pick one of the most irrelevant WrestleMania matches Undertaker has ever had as your first choice for this segment? It's to make this clear. If you're going to commit homicide during a pay-per-view, it will likely be deadpanned by critics, uh, considered a low point in the company's history. But the least that you can do is to make it a part of a logical and coherent story arc that continues after WrestleMania. Well Well put. Excellent job. Now, I have no idea what I want to pick for next week. I have been pining and smashing my head and trying to figure out what the hell to watch. So I just, I don't know. I still got to think about it. <laughs> we may not have one next week. I have no idea what I want to watch. Well, if listen, if you don't, if you don't have one, just yeah. hand it off. I got one locked and loaded already. All right, you, so you pick and I'll pick two it. weeks. How about that? I'll pick two weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, and I just thought of this as you were talking. Uh, Brandon was talking about this match because he said, well, I was nine years old and they were crucifying people on television and um, I was scared. Okay. And I thought of something. Um, I, this isn't a match. Okay. This is one of my earliest wrestling memories and it's actually a promo. Uh, The biggest heel in WWE at the time was Dr. D. David Schultz. And mean Gene Okerlund went to Dr. D. David Schultz's house to interview him. And he was an unbelievable piece of shit. And I remember watching this as a kid 
and being frightened by this man. So my thing for next week All right. is going to be at home with Dr. D. David Schultz and his family. Okay. Okay. It's oh, on YouTube. What company was this for? This was WWF. WF. It's on YouTube. I'll send you guys the link. Hold on. And uh, it'll be a quick one we can watch for next week. Let me see I if I can find the, uh, find the exact date so people know what to look up. Um, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, it's about seven minutes long. Hopefully this video doesn't start and get really loud real fast. Let's see if I got any details on it. I got no details. But, yeah, at home with Dr. D. David Schultz on YouTube. Should be able to find it. I would imagine that if I was to guess the time frame, I would say about 1985. We went to Cold.com, and oh, I got two outfits for I muted it. I, I can't remember if it was pre I think it was pre-WrestleMania 1. Okay, so, so we're going to go 82, 83. 82, 83. There you go. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of really... Uh, mind you, Dr. D. David Schultz has gone pretty fucking insane over the years. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of really good promos, though, out there. But we'll start with this one, because this is a good one. Yeah. Yes, is this the video that starts with the cow? Yes. Yes. That's it. All right. Yep. So go out of your way to watch, if you want to watch along with us, At Home with Dr. D. David Schultz. It's on YouTube. Just give it a search, and it'll pop up. Excellent. Thanks for bailing me out. Yeah, no problem. I just thought of it, and um, yeah, you Good got job. it. All right, real it's, quick. It's, it's definitely a wrestling moment. Did I? I don't know if... Oh, I did put this on the outline. Um... So uh, all those people got released two weeks ago, last week, and uh, WWE. <laughs> so Mickey James received her belongings in a fucking trash bag, <laughs> which is terrible. But the guy responsible, supposedly the guy that's responsible for it is a guy named Mark Carano, and he got fired. Did you guys watch any of Total Divas? Chris. No, sir. I did not. No. I love that. Show. I may have seen I it. it. I used great. to throw it on the network on Thursdays and just He's... let it play. So I've probably seen it. I'm assuming he was talent relations and head of talent relations for the women because he's on every episode. And I guess he was responsible for sending them their shit in a trash bag. You ever been fired and had your shit sent to you in a trash bag, Brandon? I've seen some people get fired and I. I've witnessed people get their stuff packed up into a cardboard box, which is pretty yes. cold. That's but the thing, glad yeah. bag, the glad bag is even lower than that. Chris? I've, you, get, you know, you I've worked bagged? in an... I mean, there's a few times in my life I should have been trash bagged and thrown into a river. <laughs> but other than that, no, I've never seen that happen. So, Mark Arano, we'd like to say goodbye to you. Go fuck yourself. Learn to treat people with respect. Apparently, it's this, been going on in WWE for a long fucking time. Well, you know, I think this is now... So they've been a publicly traded company for how long? But now they're involved with Peacock and NBC. They're attached to the hip with them in a more uh, uh, visible manner, other than just airing a program on their on uh, on, on USA. Um, so you know that that... You can't... He's probably been doing that. I mean, I think they said he's been doing that forever. Yeah. And I really honestly think I've said this before. I honestly I think Gail think Kim, Gail Kim confirmed and said it happened to her too. I think that they honestly, I honestly think that I've said this before. They, I think this is pure speculation that there is a, there are a number of people in that company that have created a barrier between certain individuals and McMahon. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, almost, you almost set up this culture of you're not good enough to talk to him. You don't say the words, but yeah, no, no, you can't. You talk to me, and I'll talk to him. No, it's like a, it's like creating an an illusion of proprietary information, where you aren't allowed certain insight or mm-hmm. or access unless you go through me. It's all imagined. You can always go to your boss. If you're a direct boss, doesn't want to listen to you, you just go above him. Yeah. And if that guy gets pissed, tough. You should have listened to me. That's all there is right. to it. Or fire me. Fuck you. Right? Brandon, thoughts? You're the corporate guy. I love – I was going to say I love stuff like this because I'm a, a man of principle. And not that it happened to her. I don't love that at all. But I love that Mickey James had the awareness to just be like, you know what? Nah. I'm not just going to take this. It, it, it Could it have severed her relationship with WWE for good? Possibly. But I love that she just put it right back on the guy, and she's like, "Just so you know, this is the dark side of what happens with WWE. This is, yeah, it's a, it's a TV show, blah blah blah. You think it's all fun? Now this is how they actually treat these people that are putting their lives on the line, 52 weeks a year." Yeah, and she, she, on Twitter, she tagged Vince McMahon directly. So, hell, who knows, yeah. like, who knows if Vince even knew this was going on? You know what I mean? That's well, that, the thing. Chris, that's what I wanted to say. Like, I was just thinking that, like, you know, I mean. There have been instances in my in my job where I've seen people doing things that they really should not be doing, and as somebody in a managerial position, you I walk up to them with that like my mouth is agape and my hands are out, and I'm just completely puzzled that they're doing this in public. And I don't know, yeah, we don't know that McMahon didn't hear about that and go, wait, what? Oh, I'm sorry, hold on, wait, what? <laughs> We don't know that that didn't happen. He spit out his chicken and mustard that he eats. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know that. um, And there's all, there's been a bunch of, I mean, CM Punk getting his walking papers on his wedding. Yeah. You know, there's been a bunch of that stuff that's happened over the years. Where'd that stuff come from? It came from the WWE headquarters, wherever she's working out of. So there were people there that watched someone grab a trash bag and dump all of her shit into it. And apparently if it happened to Gil Kim, that's been going on for 25 years. Like that people knew, I'm I'm not going to beat it. Right. Right. I I know. No, 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 no. That doesn't just, no, I understand that. I understand that. But also like, you never know. I, you know, I think we'd all, none of us would be amazed at what slips behind the highest level of management slips under their eyesight. Cause they're just, you know, you put faith in people to do their jobs, and then people just run amok. I am. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna confess here. So I, when I was in, before I went to Japan, I had to find someone left. I had to find somebody to replace them. It's in a big rush. I had a health, in, you know, inspector coming in and everything. And it was just fucking insanity. It all happened, of course, went, right before I was gonna be out of town for two weeks. And I found out that this, so I bring this guy on. I don't know him. He's recommended from someone else. I bring him back, bring him on. Immediately, I'm finding out that he's a piece of shit. People are telling me that he's drinking on the job and shit like that. I tried to find a replacement as soon as possible. And I kept him on just to fire him on Christmas. (laughs) There you go. And I remember that, don't I? Yes, and I also had a horrifying nightmare. It was Chris. 
That was good. I hor- I had a horrifying nightmare about the guy. He was naked working, and he had a really long, skinny penis, like one of the pieces from <laughs> life. Wait, this man is insane. Oh, wait, wait, like from the from the, the light, you know, like the, the the when you get babies in the game of life, and you have to put those pegs in. His penis looked like that, really long with a fat head, and he was white and spotted like a Dalmatian. And he was standing in the corner. I could go, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you doing anything? What are you doing? <laughs> it's burned Listen. into my, it's, the image is burned into my brain. Brandon. I also had see... a dream the other night that Marlon Brando was my father. So there you go. Not fat Marlon Brando, like younger Marlon Brando. Just so you know, <laughs> this is probably the first time you've heard one of his dreams. <laughs> Listen in to his fucking dreams. This insanity <laughs> for over 40 years. Well, it could be boring. Nobody wants to hear boring dreams. <laughs> I guess that's a that's a good rationale. Tell me the creepiest, darkest insights <laughs> of your subconscious you of your uh, what do they call it? Your uh, your oh, my what my id? No, your your this what what did Meltzer call this? Oh, he called it my subconscious. I'm subconscious yeah. about my looks. You're, now, yeah. do you think if, had you waited until uh, King's Day or whatever the 26th is to fire that guy, you would have had that dream, or you think that's your own? subconscious haunting you because of that that uh dirty deed that you committed fuck him he was stealing from me fuck that bitch yeah, the guy listen i i, I helped jimmy you're out. the one dreaming about his penis <laughs> i wasn't dreaming about his penis i was dreaming about the horrifying image of a long skinny penis <laughs> oh a game of life <laughs> look up game of life peg and you'll know what i'm talking about i know what you're talking about all right let's move on on that note let's move on smackdown brandon what do you got <sighs> SmackDown, SmackDown, SmackDown. This is, I actually tripped myself up this week. It felt like uh, time was a flat circle here, and I, I closed the episode out and made sure that it was this week's because I could have easily been one of the last four weeks. It's, it's the same rhythm. We do the, the Roman Reigns opening thing. Now it's Cesaro. Um, but this first half of this show, Cesaro wants to fight. Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan comes out to defend him. Jay Uso comes out and says, uh, he's you know he's got his right hand man T-shirt on. He's going to vouch for Roman Reigns, and uh, Seth Rollins gets involved and they do a tag team match that lasts three segments. It's the first hour of the show, uh, or is this whole thing? Cesaro ends up beating on Jay Uso. Then we go into Roman Reigns segment. Roman Reigns didn't like that people are challenging him. He says he has issues with the challenges, which isn't how challenges work historically. Usually people challenge the champion. The champion doesn't issue the challenges. But anyway, he challenges Daniel Bryan uh, to a title match next week where he has to leave the show if he loses. So I would expect Daniel Bryan to go to Raw or maybe even NXT at some point in May here. Uh, I had heard online he's looking to move to part-time some to, in the near future, be a father. So I think it makes sense to, pull, to put a belt on him one more time before he does that. I could see that being on Raw since they don't seem to have a clear path with Lashley. Any Chris, thoughts on that? Chris thoughts. No, I, I, I would I would assume that he stays on that show and he wins next week by DQ. I have no thoughts. Or that. Other than that, I think it's the sixth or seventh week in a row we do the Mysterio and Son versus Gable and Otis. To me, to me it gets heated up. She beats Nia Jax. But uh, Bailey's challenging Bianca at WrestleMania Backlash. Alistair Black appears in a vignette for the first oh, time wow. in Lord knows how long. Mm-hmm. In a vignette to read from a book called Tales of the Dark Father. Yes. Uh, he says some. 
he says something about how he was spending all this time trying to figure out how to fight this dra- fight the dragon. Now he realized that he, in fact, himself is the dragon. Alistair Black is the dragon. So that's all you need to know about this week of SmackDown. Chris, thoughts, questions? Yes. No. Yes. So Alistair <laughs> Black, Alistair Black isn't on TV for God knows how long, and then he shows up on TV, and he's the dragon. That were we supposed to know what this dragon is? Or did he explain it to us? No. It's... His wife, or did his wife try to unionize and get fired? What was the what was the NXT vignette they did with that one female wrestler? Which one? Oh, um, that they, they teased like she was coming on. Yeah, Jia Lee. This very like it was the same art style. It it honestly looked like they just took no, the outtakes no. from that promo and like you re- reuse them in, in this Alistair Black promo. It's same colorway, stuff fading in and out. I don't know if either of you guys saw it, but that that was what I thought. I was like, this would be cool if they didn't already do a very similar like old uh, Canterbury Tales style thing going on here. <laughs> uh, shout out to Canterbury Tales. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't think that with the Canterbury Tales had come up on this uh, one. Not on an episode with the well, <laughs> an episode with the Jeffrey Chaucer, spotty person, Sorry. spotty spotty man with a long skinny penis. All right, Chris. about spotted penis Chaucer and Big Boss Man getting murdered all yeah. in one two hour period. <laughs> Confederate flag tattoos, the whole deal. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, Raw, Chris. Yeah. What about it? <laughs> <laughs> God, I tried, man. I tried this week. Um, let's go through it, huh, real quick. So they're building Mason T-Bar. Mm-hmm. Mason T-Bar get the win over uh, Drew McIntyre and Train Man. Not because Mason T-Bar are good, but because Train Man and Drew McIntyre can't get along under bumbling fucking idiots. Uh, I will tell you this. They have, in fact, eliminated the horn. Oh, yeah. I love that. Now the horn's gone. R.I.P. Choo Choo Horn. Oh, damn. That was the only reason uh, I liked him. Yeah. Now I hate him again. Yeah. Well, he has hair. Good. He looks. He doesn't look as annoying because he doesn't have a tough guy bald head anymore. Go ahead. Uh, John Morrison's <laughs> back because Maurice is gone, I guess. So Maurice left, so Morrison's back. And he's got drip drip painted on the side of his hair. Um, <laughs> I'm going to use a word. I don't know if I could use this word, but I'm going to use oh, it. No. Oh, God. You probably shouldn't, right. but go ahead. Prepare yourself for editing. So we get Charlotte Flair. She's reinstated by so. Hold on. Before you move on to Charlotte Flair. Yeah. You don't want to talk about the tomato fight? Oh, you know, I, you know, I'll tell you what. Yeah, let's talk about the tomato fight because I, I got, I got so sick. It was, it was so. It's a, it's the new day and, um, and flaming arrow man versus, uh, Damian Priest. Damian Priest versus, uh, the guitar guy and muscle guitar guy's friend and the Miz, uh, Elias and Jackson Riker and the Miz, and. <laughs> You know, the match itself was so not good that I forgot that this happened at the beginning of the match where the New Day came down to the ring with Damian Priest as the uh, the as uh, Elias was playing guitar and they started chucking tomatoes at him. Tomatoes. Yeah. 
tomatoes. I, I gotta cause... give them. I gotta give them respect because they were definitely aiming for the dick on their shots, and they were trying to nail them. And they nailed Morrison twice in the dick, and they hit Miz square in the side of the head with one of the tomatoes. It was pretty well done. I, uh, that's the only thing I have to say. Yeah, I. You know what? I'm sorry. I should. I. It, it just. It. it I, I got so worn out by the by the rest of the show that the beginning yeah. that one part that was any good kind of just. Brandon. Got Brandon. Swept. Just to just to point out how stupid this sounds, it does sound stupid, and the scene was really, really stupid, and it was completely unnecessary. Obviously aimed for like little kids to laugh at, but they were definitely thrown at dicks. They were aiming for dicks, man. It was fucking great. <laughs> I loved it. The New Day refuses to be brought down. They're like, this whole show can suck, but we are not doing the same thing again and again. We're, give me a, a give me a tomato. We're, we're something fresh here. So- can can I say something? I was going to save this for later, but I'll save it. Say it right now, um, because they're the exception to what I'm about to say. It just seems like everybody on the show is just going through the motions. They're the only one that's not. Well, sure. Charlotte Flair too. Yeah. Give Charlotte Flair that, but everybody else is just kind of you know doing their job and going home. And we talked about it before, man. Fucking New Day, man. They're they're so talented. Everything they do is great, even when it sucks. Undeniable. They had that bullshit with the old member. The old man came out. Do you remember the old New Day? The old day? Do you remember <laughs> no. this? It was like three years the ago. Day. They came out of the old day. Oh my God! It was so. And the time oh, machine. Wait. You don't was remember that? Oh God! The, time machine. the, the, the New was... Day beat the old day. September oh my 5th, God! Shit was so fucking terrible. But they made it fun. I mean, whatever. Go ahead, go ahead, Chris. <laughs> God. All right. So John Morrison back. We already went through that. I, you know, one thing that they're doing on Raw, I don't know if they're doing this on SmackDown, too. They don't seem to be doing as much on NXT. 20-minute promos? No. <laughs> no. The they're camera, doing it all three. <laughs> the camera angle changing as soon as a move gets hit. Yeah, that's the, the quick cuts. They do it all the time, man. That's fucking terrible. It. They need it. Uh, the, what's his name? Adam Dunn? What the fuck's the guy's name? Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn. He needs to retire, man. Yeah, it's just give the it's reins like, to somebody else. That shit they're is. changing the camera angle, and then I don't, you don't actually physically see the move happen. No, AEW does it too, and it, they do quick cuts, and you actually miss the move. Yeah, has been doing a lot less with a lot less experience than Kevin Dunn, but man, it fucking it's terrible. Just man. my, match, my thought on my thought on that was that there's so many botched moves that they're just now it, they think it's better to just hide everything than to show all of it and miss some but i could be totally wrong that, no 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 that's a good that's a good analysis like yeah they're just to avoid seeing missed shit we'll just zoom in and out all the time quit quick back and forth to different cameras it's fucking vertigo inducing yeah it's terrible it's almost as bad as when they're outside the ring and they're zooming in and zooming out of uh action outside the ring it just makes me want to vomit um. Yeah. So anyway, Charlotte Charlotte Flair was suspended last week, not because she wanted to have cosmetic surgery because she was subconsciously uh, <laughs> didn't like her looks, but um, because she attacked the referee. Uh, she shows up with Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville escorts escorts her to the ring, and first of all, let me just say, Sonya Deville looks great in that role. Yeah, she's she's been doing this like she's like a WWE official type yeah. of thing. It's great. Yeah. And she looks better and more comfortable in that role than she ever looked in a wrestling gear. Just and I don't mean it in a negative way. I mean it like this this it just works. The wrestling gear or her in the ring to me it was always I mean it was good, don't get me wrong, but it was this this works more. 
uh, for her. Um, so she's going to be reinstated by Charlotte. Uh, or I'm sorry, she's going to reinstate Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair is forced to apologize to the referee that she kicked the crap out of. The referee admits that he had missed something, and so and Charlotte never should have lost that match, and it was his fault. So then Charlotte forces the referee to apologize to her. Then she has the referee open the ring ropes for her and Sonya Deville to leave. They go backstage, and this is where I'm going to use that fucking word. I don't know if it's a bad word or not because I'm out of touch, but that fucking that fucking cuck, Adam fucking Pierce. I can't no, that's a fine word. stand that fucking character. He is so goddamn inept, and he's a fucking coward. And, and these two go behind his back and reinstate Charlotte, and he doesn't even know what's going on. He is the most useless, overused character. First of all, every episode of Raw consists of Drew McIntyre demanding that he do things. He's the official. All he has to do is look at him and say, yeah, both of them. All he has to do is look at them both and go, no, and walk away. Like, I don't get this whole thing. But here's the other thing, though. Roman should be doing it because Roman's a fucking heel. Right. He should be making demands of people. Good guys don't make demands of people. They don't make people do shit they don't want to do. Well, did Drew Drew McIntyre is the worst fucking baby face in this company. He's I think though he's the worst baby face I've I think I've ever seen. I mean Roman was pretty bad, but at least he was like but at least he was like try to be candy baby face John Cena thing. Right. You know, this it this baby also, face is just like was, everything everything about him defies being a good guy. He does everything a bad guy should do. Why am I supposed to cheer this man? And it's funny that you say that you say John Cena because it's almost like the show is going to be bad until John Cena comes back well, if he ever. Not, he's never. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like yeah. like there was a period where I hated John Cena and then he would disappear for like a year and then he would come back and you'd be like, oh, it's all going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's going yeah. oh, to make it. Just don't forget the guy had multiple match of the year uh, uh, matches every year. But, you know, I mean, it's just like, oh, God. But he was the f- – whatever. I'm not getting into it. Um, Riddle and Orton. Matt Riddle and Randy Orton are tagging. They get a win versus I... – Yeah, what they is get this? A, makes I no don't sense. know. I do know. It does make perfect sense. Uh, they get a win versus the modern-day Mulkies, uh, Thunderfoot 1 and 2, but, uh, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. Who Remember when they cannot... were awesome? What the yeah. fuck, dude? Now they're just – now they're – I can understand, like, they do it with the New Day, where the New Day disappears, and then they bring them back. Because you can't be on top forever, right? The New Days aren't on top. New Day's not on top now. It's 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 almost in uh, and AJ Styles. They're in a secondary tag role, and they're still awesome. Uh, you don't have to make them a shitty tag team to not have them on top. Like, you could still be good and not be the champ. Right. I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's, if you're not the champion, you suck uh, in the tag team division in WWE. They broke um, up the Hurt Business for no fucking reason. No reason whatsoever. And now yeah, this, is no the after, this is the after effect of it. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. They don't matter anymore and they have to lose all the time. Yeah. All you had to do, you could have kept them together and they could have stood behind Bobby Lashley and did dastardly shit. Because when you're the um, the seconds to a main heel. You are supposed to go out there and get beat up. That's fine. 
Yeah. Remember the two used to do it for Shayna Baszler all the time. It was it uh, the two girls that were in uh, NXT? I can't remember the names. Uh, Marina Shafir and the other lady, the, the other, the other woman. Um, so yeah. And the only reason I think that Riddle and Orton are a tag team is because after they won and Orton left, Matt Riddle screamed out RK bro. That's the yeah, only yeah. reason that they tagged these two together. Brandon. Um, oh, it's Brandon. It feels like it would have been such a clear storyline to leave the Hurt Business without Bobby Lashley together. Bobby Lashley's already got his own thing going on. Then inevitably he's going to lose and that he's going to realize that he wasn't actually leading them. They were thriving without him. So many things could have happened besides just squashing the most entertaining segment on that TV show every week. So amongst boring and frustrating things that they do on Raw, that's got to be the most frustrating. Go ahead, Chris. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, so your black backlash main event was going to be uh, McIntyre versus Lashley. Uh, now we've involved Braun Strowman into it. So Strowman, McIntyre, and Lashley. Strowman beat McIntyre last night to get a uh, a mat to turn the match into a triple threat at WrestleMania Backlash. Uh, look, I. As much as I don't care, I'm glad that they're doing this because I think it clears McIntyre out from the title picture. Um, if he continues to go on uh, in the main events of these pay-per-views, it, why did he lose at WrestleMania? Brandon, thoughts? I'm so pessimistic. I'm like, this is going to take years for McIntyre to phase out of the, exactly. the title I'm picture. I'm thinking the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he'll be on top forever. You know, and here's the thing about him, too. He doesn't make a likable heel either. Like, he's just annoying. Or you mean like a, like a hateable heel? Like, you mean like, like a, yeah, like, like a, he, effective. Enjoyably effective. hateable. Yeah, he's not enjoyably hateable. hateable. Yeah, like Roman Reigns is enjoyably hateable. He's awesome. You can love a heel. And, uh, dude, I mean, he plays a great villain. This dude doesn't even play a good villain. Uh, uh, you know what? Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm so sick of it shit i don't want to shit on wrestling I, no i, I hate coming on here and shitting here, on it every week here to have fun so let's talk about how awesome charlotte flair's been how great sonya deville looked and yeah. how great the new day are and everything else awesome. fuck it yeah They're pegging dudes in the dick with fucking tomatoes fuck everything <laughs> but just i'm not talking nothing else happened the new day hit the Miz in the side of head of tomato and sonya deville looks fantastic in her new role and charlotte's awesome raw was great Brandon thoughts. I, I like that new mindset. I gotta, I, like I gotta too. lock gotta, in with gotta, that. I gotta yeah, harness that ethos. power. From now on, if it's not good, <laughs> it didn't happen. There you go. That's, that's good it. One. This podcast is gonna take 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna end up watching entire old pay-per-views next week. WrestleMania two from nine different <laughs> venues. <laughs> Mr. T boxes Roddy Piper only to be body slammed and win by disqualification. We didn't get any uh, Fiend stuff this week, right? Yeah, we got Alexa That's Bliss, it. but she's the same meandering, droning, and puppet with weird little teeth that bites the camera. So they, don't have a, they don't have a clear target, right? We don't know why they're... I, I, think, I think she's... I think that's done, and she's just going to start working towards the... The women's division. Women's division, right? Yeah, we talked. Yeah, about because that. to me, it seems like 
they're probably getting a bunch of views on YouTube for all of her segments by, you know, creepy masturbators, masturbators, <laughs> just like remember uh, Bobby Lashley and Lana. Yeah, I love it. You know? oh, I love it. It's so like Othello. it's like a fellow. I don't think they're thinking. <laughs> there we go. Do you think you get? Do you think you get the fellow? Chaucer. We got Shakespeare. Chaucer, we got Doctor D. David Schultz beating his kids. This is a literature podcast. Yes, it is. <laughs> we got hangings and satanic rituals and Paul Bearer going. Oh, switch. <laughs> All right. So, final thoughts on this week. Anything? Brandon, go ahead. Uh, I hope you watch the Big Boss Man match. We had a lot of fun with that. I hope you go at home with Dr. D. David Schultz and his family with us next week. That's going to be the most fun that we're having for a little bit here as we work through WrestleMania backlash. I don't know that that's going to happen. I got a feeling. Yeah, this is going to be tough. Uh, Chris, you got any? Yeah, you'll be next next week. You can uh, listen to us recap a uh, toxic family environment by a definite child abuser. I can't wait for Brandon to see this because this is just (laughs) – I remember when I saw this for the first time, I was scared to death of him. Yes. Maybe we'll talk a little Tolstoy. Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know what he said. War would have been good for All right, let's get out of here. Remember, uh, if you want to watch along, go watch uh, Dr. D. David Schultz at home with Dr. D. David Schultz on YouTube. We will be reviewing that next week. <laughs> it promises to be fun, unlike oh, most of the rest. All right. Thanks for joining us this week. And join us here every week at Wrestling is Hard. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hard Number 4 Wrestling. Subscribe and follow. Tell your friends. For Brandon and Chris, I'm Jim. And we will be back here next week.